Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where Mad-Eye Moody tells us to move out to the country. I'm Douglas and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? This is not the same when you write them, Douglas. I feel like I'm much better at it. It doesn't have the set. Okay, fine. You just, like, you could have let the the mystique of like, you know, oh, who wrote it? Oh, they already know, buddy. This is an audio media, but I, I look very upset. No, this was a if this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 films of all time as of January 2020 and have been watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within today's movie, number 77, Braveheart. Loosely based on historical events, William Wallace, a humble Scotsman, leads a revolutionary army against England to regain their independence. Uh, Braveheart is directed by Mel Gibson and is also starring Mel Gibson. We know Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, which we had way, 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 way back in the 250. And Apocalypto, uh, as well as like a couple of other films. So he's directed. And it was written by, the screenplay was written by Randall Wallace, who was known for The Man in the Iron Mask, as well as Pearl Harbor, which he wrote and directed as well. Randall Wallace, not Mel Gibson. Randall Wallace. Randall. Neither... Jonathan nor I have seen Bravest Hardest before, which is, you know, I feel almost, uh, I'm, I'm like, there's a lot of Scottish in my heritage. Not like enough to, that I would call myself Scottish, but like way back enough that I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel like I probably should have seen this film before. <laughs> Uh, I suppose so. I don't know. If it was like- Or like at the very least known more about the events, you know? Yeah. Somewhat in your defense, Douglas, this film came out about when we were born. So, that will have (laughs) an effect on- Obviously, we've had plenty of opportunities, but also, it was a big hot deal when it came out together. I think it did very well. It was. In terms of like- At the box office. Yeah. Yes. Audience uh, response, whatever. Um, How did it go in this little audience, Douglas? In this courthouse, Mm. yeah. The 250 courthouse. I think, okay, there's a lot of discussion about the historical inaccuracies and the liberties that Mel Gibson and Randall Wallace take with the story and what they kind of do. But I think because of Hacksaw Ridge, I almost went into this expecting that, you know? Okay. I was like, this isn't going to be accurate. It's not going to be by the books. This is exactly what happened in the thing because- Hacksaw Ridge had that exact same fucking problem where everyone was like, this is not like exactly this is my man's really uh amping this up for dramatic purposes. And I think if you look at it from that lens as like a dude just wanted to tell an epic, I think it doesn't make it excusable, but it makes it more palatable, I think. Mm. And I do think it's the age old adage with the 250 where it's like Creative license and being able to do a thing with a story that all exists in non-fictional circumstances, but also preserving the non-fictional circumstances. Mm. You know what I mean? Like actually treating that with a level of severity and importance as well is difficult. Like walking that line, I think. Like, I personally don't want to say, oh, your films must strive 
historical films must strive for accuracy, you know, like historical accuracy. Yeah, like 120% accuracy. Because, yeah. like, it'd be so fucking... Bo- it, just watch a documentary. If you're going to do that, just watch a documentary. Yeah. Um. Even, like, in general, like, if you want to tell a really interesting story and you need to, like, chop and change the fuck out of events, like, I don't know. I don't feel... I think it's, like, how far does it stray from the original before it just becomes its own thing? And then it's like, yeah. well, why even attribute it to the non-fictional circumstances in the first place why not just make this its own thing yeah i mean it it um it sort of smacks of dungal had the same problem where yeah it was a story where you hear the sort of elevator pitch and you go oh that sounds interesting and then script writers get a hold of it and they're like oh we are gonna like just go absurd on it we're gonna create people like key characters, yeah. we're just gonna make them up to. We're just gonna get fucky with it to make it, and I feel like that's normally a bad, not not like angle. I I, I, I don't want to say that there is any amount of historical accuracy that is required for like I don't want to set like a limit or anything, you know. But I think the film still yeah. needs to yeah. be good. It needs to at least be in <laughs> conversation with that history yeah there is definitely a point where like there are pseudo historical films i think we've had a couple in the podcast where it's like oh yeah this like amadeus yeah um very recent example yeah i mean well that's a good point because amadeus is like where do you where do you draw the line between this and amadeus in terms of right historical accuracy yeah because amadeus is like uh, amadeus is like what if you Mm. know it's so it's set in that non-fictional circumstance, but it poses a what if, mm. basically. And that's what makes it so entertaining mm. because it's a non-fictional circumstance that a lot of people know, but presented in a way that we don't know. Mm. So that's what makes it intriguing. Yeah. But with Braveheart, it's I, I, I worry whether it's painting a misinterpretation of non-fictional circumstances and also a group of people. And from what I hear from the majority of true blood Scottish people who have watched the film, they take grievances with the portrayal of most of the film, uh, predominantly Robert the Bruce, who's played, um, yeah. I thought, fantastically, um, by Angus McFadden, Fad, Fad, Fadian, Fadian, McFadian, who, yeah, just, the film just completely took his whole shtick and just basically yeah got fucky with it and he's somewhat of a scottish hero i i do believe right Uh, like a you know not not like folklore kind of a thing but like a lot of people know about um robert the bruce yeah yeah there's another movie with um scottish (laughs) chris pine which was about robert the bruce specifically which i thought was interesting oh Mm. um yeah i mean just get a scottish guy it's it's hard to it's hard to draw a line on that i suppose i think that a lot of the changes just didn't serve the story and i think there was maybe they felt this need to have his story as like a complete package right like start to finish and i think that's what drove them making some of the decisions with the plot because well actually yeah. i mean the start is also i think historically we don't know much about William Wallace before he like sort of started the revolution. Started the revolution, yeah. I think that the records If we do, it's probably rather 
grey water yeah. anyway. It's I think the records of, you know, actually could, imply could also be that, that yeah. he was somewhat noble adjacent, actually. Um, but, it's, mm. but it's not as mm. fun to do that. And, and it's the kind of thing, like, yeah. if you're saying, okay, this guy led a revolution- and a couple of big, a couple of big battles and a bunch of skirmishes, uh, and that's it. It's like maybe find someone else to talk about. I don't know. Yeah. It. Yeah. It. Just, and I mean, it's very Mel Gibson. This fucking like obsession with like freedom. No wonder the fucking Yanks love this film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking. Hell, it was <laughs> so bad. Uh. And you know, yeah. I think the the. They they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Is like the the line. Yeah, that's the bit. that everyone knows. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Whatever. I suppose. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It 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 seems that like they had to work with so much, and or like rather so little, and chop up so much. Mm. Like my favorite factoid is Princess Isabella. Um whose story we'll talk about in the spoilers, no spoilers. doubt. Um, but who is a fully fledged adult and like a key character in this film was four when these events happened. Yeah. When- <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, shit like that. Yeah. This, this whole deal with the way that Robert the Bruce's, you know, his decisions and like actions mm, in the film the being completely a character. being completely yeah. un like uh, incompatible with what actually happened, like complete opposite of what actually happened. Um, it, it mm. like that in particular. That's why I was like, oh, like Dungal, where they're just like, we need to invent a bad guy. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. If you ever need to invent a bad guy, you need to throw away two thirds of the script and start over. Like yeah. you're. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like when it's historical, you need to think to yourself- Yeah, you're approaching very- it from the wrong wrong angle. You need yeah. to think to yourself very seriously, oh, should we write a film about something else? <laughs> like legitimately. Should we maybe put this one to the side for a little bit and maybe like uh, as a framework, it's a good idea, but let's make it inspired by, not yeah. a retelling of said events. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like you could, you could either take it and go sillier or you could- find someone else to talk about i don't know like they made story yeah. they made these films about robert bruce and i'll i'll i haven't seen them but i think that that guy had a bit more going on i don't know mm. Mm. i just don't, like i don't know i i i just thought the film was fine like i don't know how this fucking set the world on fire i think people in the mid 90s i think cinema cinema goers were down bad for an epic Mm. when you look at what was the highest grossing at the time and then what continued to be the highest grossing until probably lord of the rings where they set the you know the benchmark of what an epic is a fantasy epic at the very least Mm. then up until that point everyone was kind of just going for it they were just like what's a big gigantic story that we can tell that has fucking 1700 extras and is a sweeping thing with romance and action and drama and it's got to have it's got to tick all those boxes right like titanic titanic is the fucking next best example in this same kind of period mm. i think it's 97 titanic it's the same thing. It's another epic. It's another thing with drama and romance and a boat sinking, which is like action, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everyone was down bad for an epic. So 
I think within the landscape, and we look at uh, cinema has trends. It's the same as fucking when we had the superhero trend, which I think, thank God, is slowly starting to die. Mm. I'm starting to watch Marvel slowly dissipate into TV shows and things like that. And I'm kind of like, oh, baby. (laughs) They should have just pumped the brakes for like a year and a half after the last Avengers Yeah. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. After fucking Infinity Wars, they should have just went, yo, we're going to go quiet for a little bit. But Disney just had to fucking pump that cash cow, mm. didn't they? Um, and everyone got tired. But yeah, cinema goes through trends. And I think the trend of the mid-90s and continuing into the early noughties was epics. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm Because I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more that I, like, I didn't have- any idea about the historical accuracy of this as we went through, right? Like, that is- Yeah, me either. It's not yeah, my- yeah, yeah. It's not really my problem with the film. The problem is I didn't find it that fun. Like- Compelling, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Like, the writing just didn't sort of grab me that much. There's a couple of scenes- Okay, uh, like, like some- There's a couple of bits, like, uh, I think that's, the start is pretty strong, and then it- Really? I thought the first hour was fucking weak source. Interesting. But- well, we'll talk about that in the spoilers then. Um, mm. But there was, you know, there's nothing, there's no like killer sequence for me or or, or scene or there's like maybe one, maybe. But I mean. My favorite is the Battle of Sterling Bridge without the bridge. <laughs> um, my, I, I suppose that before we were saying, oh, like how much historical accuracy is too much historical inaccuracy, but I'm just thinking about, I'm like, so so much of this film was chopped and changed and invented that maybe it sort of is the sort of what if film that, because like totally. them going like, okay, what like drove William Wallace to the, and probably the answer is that he got fucking fed up with it or something, but it is, it is more interesting to go like, oh, it was like, um, you know. And I think maybe the way that they- Good job nearly spoiling the film, dickhead. The way- We'll cut that out, because now they know that it's almost a spoiler. Um, and I mean, that's not much of a spoiler anyway. Um, I just didn't think the way that that was done was really compelling. And I think the film, like, uh, fucks with itself too much. Like, the script writing just isn't consistent. Like, we're not going to say it. Because it will sort of spoil the film once again. But we were talking about the top letterboxed review. We'll mention it after the spoilers, I suppose. <laughs> um, but that in and of itself is like- It's very good. It's, it's, I don't even want to be like, oh, plot hole. It's just like complete character inconsistency that just feels yeah. fucking stupid. So, uh, mm. I just, yeah. No, I, like, it didn't really grab me. And even the combat stuff, like- how did the Lord of the Rings do a lot of it? I was just thinking, like, big war, you know, like, 300 dudes on either side slamming into each other stuff. I'm like, how do you make that compelling? Because I think it, I think they do a fairly good job, job in the Lord of the Rings, but I'm like, how do they, how do, they do that? Because I really it just felt kind of limp in this. There's- mm. uh, I think there needs to be stakes, you know? Mm. There needs to be- There needs to be- Things on the line where you're kind of like, oh, I genuinely want to see what's going to come as a result mm. of the battle in question. Yeah. I think that you maybe don't believe that yeah. he's going to lose, you know, in any given mm. fight. So, maybe that has a big mm. effect on it. I don't know. 
But none He's of them- just kind of bowling. Yeah, even like the first one, like there's, I think a bit of fun to be had with watching them be like tactical and interesting with the way that they handle these fights, but that doesn't happen that much. It's normally just like- Yeah. A battle of wills from the the Scots. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Hmm. Before we jump over towards a content warning and spoiler section, I did want to just briefly touch on some of the crew that are a part of the film that I thought, uh, outside of directing and screenplay, that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, got John Toll behind the lens on cinematography, who is also known for the uh, Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. which is the Lana Wachowski Matrix film. The new one. Uh, from 2021. Uh, Tropic Thunder, <laughs> which absolutely tracks, <laughs> uh, and Iron Man 3, funnily enough, Interesting. which from, like, memory is quite a well-shot film. I don't I, I haven't seen Iron Man 3, I, need to I watch think. the. I need to watch the Iron Man trilogy again, you know? Like, I know Do I just you- said being burned out on Marvel films and stuff, but the first three Iron Man films were very much, like- it was before you fucking had to do the, like, have you seen the TV show? Have you fucking read the book? Have you fucking, like, have you consulted with fucking, um, what's his name? Uh, Robert Faggy or whatever the fuck his name is about how uh, he's got this big plan for, like, seven more movies of this same thing. Like, it's before all that. Kevin Faggy. It's before all of that, which, you know, kind of, it makes it more palatable to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, by, by just, like, looking at it as a, product um so yeah john toll and then i really enjoyed the soundtrack of mm. uh braveheart which um was composed by james horner who also did titanic the first avatar film the second alien film aliens how the grinch stole christmas <laughs> a beautiful mind jumanji karate kid uh the mask of sorrow with antonio banderas the land before fucking time film the first one in 90 fucking what is it uh no scratch that 88 the first fucking land before time film was willow like yeah james horner has done a bunch of shit that Mm. i had no idea that i was listening to this dude's stuff you know interesting um yeah i thought it was pretty good i mean this flavor of music this sort of I, I I got turned on this year to a the soundtrack to let me see if I can find it. It was a d- documentary about the history of Scotland, Ooh. and it's in my monthly lists somewhere. If I keep scrolling, I will find it. I thought it was very good. I mean, um, there is I don't know what you call the genre, but there's like a flavor of sort of medievalish, you know. Uh, is that John uh John Howard fucking what's uh who's the guy who did Lord of the Rings? It's not John Howard. <laughs> That's an Australian ex Prime Minister. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> who the fuck did the Lord of the Rings soundtrack? I actually I actually don't know. Uh Howard Shaw. Howard Shaw. Not even where did you fucking John Howard. What were you thinking? I got Howard. Howard Howard Howard. Oh, okay. I was thinking Howard. But then I somehow slotted that in the uh, surname instead of the uh, the uh, first name, the given name. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, Howard Shaw, that kind of vibe, you know. That's what this ring. Yeah, I mean, me. it's very, it's it's, it's very it's, epic, you know. It's in big scale. in um, like video game score in particular because a lot of it is set mm. in like a and like a fantasy environment, and you can use a lot mm. of these instruments and sort of vibes for want of a better term. 
uh, in some flavor of, let me see. Love it Here it is. Here it is. Midway through a thought and then they fuck off and do something else. No, I'm still talking <laughs> about the- I have to the, edit it to make it I'm still talking about the album. I'm still talking about the album. I just found it. It's just, it's literally just called a, a History of Scotland. It was performed by the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra. And that is like a stellar fucking album. The BBC. The BBC. But I think that this film f- sort of maybe halfway through, it f- sort of leans back on your standard- action-ish, orchestral, you know, sort of like yeah. bland, you know, milk toast. And it and it keeps some of the themes and instrumentation and stuff from that medieval, more interesting, you know, Bag Scottish pipe. twang, yeah. But it's only a bit- Scottish twang. When I say Scottish twang, I, of course, mean bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> but- but it doesn't, it's it's sort of like it doesn't have, I felt like it didn't have the confidence to just, like, lean all in on, you know, original instruments. The Scottish twang. The Scottish twang. Oh, okay. The, no, the twang <laughs> was in there. It's just everything else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't mm. know. Whatever. I thought mm. it was okay. I, I Look, once again, I, I was really enjoying it in the start, and I noticed it in the start a lot, because I think it was- it was being a bit more subtle, and um, oh. and when you're subtle, you don't have to put in the kind of action orchestra stink. You can sort of just let it, just let it ride. Uh, I don't know. Describing music is hard. Um, I thought it was okay. There were bits that I liked, and there were bits that I didn't. I just, in general, felt like the combat themes were not as good. Um, they weren't yeah. as- yeah. They didn't have as much when, of an identity, perhaps. When you compare them to yeah, <laughs> John Howard Shaw, uh, it's, yeah, like- The Jeremy the- Souls and the Askies and the- Yeah. Um, who's yeah. the other one that I really like who does that, does that kind that of thing as well. That shit's actually memorable because mm. it has a- as a piece of score it does have an identity i hear that but i think perhaps why it resonated with me was because of the you know the bagpipiness and the the softer the 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 more gentle tracks of the of the score are quite i'm listening to the track falkirk i don't know when in the album it is it's actually got like a john williams type vibe to it Mm. which i think Mm. is consistent with me saying that it doesn't feel like it has its own identity yeah that's two-thirds of the way in like John Williams does something, and you're like, okay. And especially with John Williams specifically, you're like, oh, that feels John Williamsy. But but this sort of feels like someone like emulating what's good about John Williams. Uh, but I mean, if it sounded like John Williams and it was by James Horner, I would also be like, mm, I don't know. Um, yeah, but it, it just feels like it's like emulating that. I don't know. I don't know. Let's stop talking about the music. I thought it was like fine. There was like once again the bits in the start I really really liked. I want to talk about the start of the film and what our differences in feeling were Douglas. So maybe we go over to the spoiler zone, the zone content of spoilers. Content warning. Uh, content warning. A uh, bunch of bunch of everything. Bunch of <laughs> yeah. Bunch of lots of lots of lots of lots of violence. Mucho yep. violence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a uh, pretty graphic shit at the start with like people being hung. Yeah, Not, like that- actively like in the process of being hung, but like corpses yep. being found being hung. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, a bit of nudity. It's traumatic shit all around, really. A little it's bit right. of nudity. It's all right. Um, mm. What's it the- rated? Is it R rated? It is. Yeah. There- there's um. Mm. There's a dude with like horrific skin disfigurement. <laughs> mm. If that if that puts you off. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was. 
It was a fair bit. I don't know. Let's, uh, oh yeah. And I mean, do, do you recommend this film, Douglas? I don't think so. Uh, Current time. Because the other thing no. is, I-, I was hoping that you, I'd get like a, you know, because this is, I feel like an iconic film and I feel like people were like still talking about a lot when we were growing up, right? Uh. Like it was a film that mm. everyone fucking mm. knew. And and I was mm. like, if, if, if I've gotten some amount of just like, you know, like cultural appreciation out of it, I'd be like, okay, you know, it wasn't my most- it wasn't my favorite film, but I feel like I understand something more about the culture of the time. I'd be like, well, that's like a yeah. good silver medal, you know? You got to- Yeah, absolutely. I didn't feel like that was the case. There's like a quote in there yeah. that people are like, okay, I didn't like it. Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's some fun elements about the film mm. and there's glimmers of inspiration and fun stuff, but not enough for me to go- it's a three-hour movie. You gotta. It's an epic, so you gotta really fucking buckle in and get shit done. I would probably, if you want to watch a three-hour epic, watch Lawrence of Arabia. That's still at the moment. That's still my favorite out of all of the epics that we've had. What are the ones if we- not Lawrence of Arabia, Barry Lyndon. What are the ones that we had? I don't know whether you call Barry Lyndon an epic, but it's a three-hour long film. Um, yeah, maybe in the epic. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't genre. call Barry Lyndon an epic because it's long, but it's not really. Like epic in scale, that's normally the yes the definition. Yeah. We've had a couple. I mean, mm-hmm. I also Ben Hur. Yeah, like I'd fuck with Ben Hur over Braveheart. I don't know, man. Like all these fucking like, every time we talk about an epic, I think you just don't like them. I think that's your fundamental thing. Just, is it's just not yeah, your. But film. I think that they're like style over substance. You know, they're all like flash in the mm. pan. You like think about the stories. Okay, no, 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 Akira Kurosawa ran boom. That's the. I also the one. I also didn't super care for Rand. Like you're fucked in the head. Mm. Uh let's drop the spoiler sound. <laughs> we are now in spoilers for 1995's Braveheart. Mm. Uh, directed by Mel Gibson. Anything we say now probably will spoil Braveheart. Mm. Well, Douglas, you know what's an epic that I do enjoy is all three of the fucking Lord of the Rings films. That's being like, I like the uh I'm just, the original flavoured magnum. Like it's it's just me like I'm well just fuck saying, yeah, of course you do. I'm Shut just the saying, fuck up. I don't hate I don't hate <laughs> epics. Dude, fuck, just, everyone likes Lord of the Rings. Even if you don't like epics, of course you like Lord of the Rings. What the right. fuck are you saying? I know, hey! What the fuck? No, don't you dare, alright? <laughs> This is a, this I'm is a shit point. Because, no, 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 I'm, like, Lord of the Rings is epic in scale, you know? Yes. But I think that there, it's not, like, there is a lot of spectacle, but I think that the story yes. is much more engaging. I don't know. I, I feel like my issue is with the way that they're written and paced, at least with the ones we've seen. Uh, uh. It's still my point. Still stands. No, like, I think it's. I think. I think I'm allowed to use it as an exp- as, as a. If you're looking at all point. epics, and then you look at like what is lauded as one of the best epics of all fucking time, of course you're going to be like, yeah, Arthur, yeah, Lord of the Rings, yeah, good time, yeah. All right, I'm going to look for. That's a stupid benchmark. Other epics. <laughs> yeah, still, look at yeah. yeah. It still counts. Brief, brief allude that I'll edit out, but I want you to find another epic that isn't Lord of the Rings where, that you actually fuck with. 
Because Lord of the Rings is a fucking cop out. <laughs> someone's got. I, I just looked at a list of epics on Letterboxd and someone's put Avatar. <laughs> I think this is, just, uh, yeah. this is just a list of nah, like. Nah, nah, it's just a. No. That's like sci fi. Well, not. You know what? But not really. You know what? I would quite <laughs> happily call Avatar an epic. Oh, it's, 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 it's huge scale, it's very complex. <laughs> It's largely style over substance. Um, look, uh, you're all right. Tell me why. Tell me why it's not an epic, Douglas. I can't. I genuinely can't. It's the other uh, one that someone me. People have put down hands um, tied. People put down Avengers, and I'm like, oh yeah, I suppose that is also. Um, As the lines blur a little bit. Three mm, hundred. Have you seen three hundred? I haven't actually. I've I've seen it, but I haven't. Um, very schlocky. Yeah. You see, um, <laughs> Pompeii starring Kit Harrington. I have. Kit Harrington was. I have. Um, uh, Pre- actually relevant. <laughs> Pre Game of Thrones. <laughs> I fucking yeah, have watched yeah, Pompeii, yeah. dude. People are calling that That's an epic. Weird. Uh, yeah, apparently. No, no. Because, like, okay, here's here's my benchmark for an epic. Shit tons of extras. Yeah. Battle scenes. Yeah. Multiple costume changes. Obviously. <laughs> Big speeches, scope, big sets, yeah, excessive runtime, yeah, and like historical setting. Oh yeah, you and- someone's just someone's just making rules up so they can exclude Avatar <laughs> and the Avengers. <laughs> just trying to swear. <laughs> hey, I had you. I had you until I said historical uh, setting, and then you went wow, 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 wow. I like the reason. Put my reviews. blue babies back on the map. <laughs> I like the recent reviews for Pompeii. Someone said, the story in this film feels like an afterthought. <laughs> I remember it not being too good. My uh, partner and I, um, uh, very soon into when we started dating, won, um, won tickets to it. That's why we That's why we watched it. And it was- so fucking weird. Yeah. At least you got to see it for free, you know? Yeah. It was all right. Nothing it's got mentioned, 2.3 nothing on Letterboxd, yeah. which I think tells you a lot. Yeah. It does a lot of the talking, yeah. Uh- Gladiator is coming up on the list, I'm pretty sure, and that's an mm. epic. So here's the other thing, Douglas. Scott. I just don't What's like Mel thing? Gibson. I, that's I sort of yeah, already knew we, it, but but it's mm. really like hammered home. And I thought, it's on display here. I thought yeah. I liked him when I was younger because I liked Mad Max, mm. but also like those those original films are rough. Uh, <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, I mean that's a different that's a different story altogether. But um, yeah, yeah, I just don't really care for him. He's kind of a turd, just as like a person. Yeah. Oh, that's hard to get over. Yeah, and to um, separate the person from the art. Yeah, yeah, I just like very religious. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to our Hacksaw Ridge episode, we really did kind of throw Mel Gibson under the bus a little bit as far as him as a person. And have I have I told you? But- Go ahead. Have I told you? Is one of my favorite like recent factoids. So Mel Gibson directed Mel Gibson? Oh, The Passion okay. of the Christ from yes. 2004. Did you yes. know that there is a sequel coming up? There How is you- there is a sequel to The Passion <laughs> of the Christ. It is Passion <laughs> of the Christ colon something Douglas. This is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. <laughs> Of course it is. What else are you going to fucking call it? It's so fucking- cr- It's so funny Jesus because that's Christ. like such a But you a know people are going to go to see it. Yeah, of course they will. 
There's a huge American all market. All the fucking Christians will be coming out in the yeah, an American market. They'll be coming out in fucking absolutely, to, absolutely. They'll, they'll be. They'll, you have to sell your firstborn child to go and watch Passion of the Christ two, Jesus Boogaloo. <laughs> <sighs> so fucking good. Okay, um, I was gonna say my butt for Mel Gibson. Yes, is that he did at least acknowledge. That he thought he was too old to play William Wallace. Yes. And he wanted someone younger to play William Wallace. Um, but allegedly the producers would only go through with actually green lighting the film if Mel Gibson played him as well. Which I'm kind of like, but you produced the film as well, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like at least he at least he acknowledges that you know, like he had enough self awareness to be like, I'm a little bit old for this. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Very silver lining, but like he wasn't heaps older than William Wallace was. He was like 40 when he made this. William Wallace is in his like mid 30s when this was all going down. Uh, Gibson would have been 38 at the time of filming, and the real Wallace died at 35. Okay. Really wasn't like that's. I mean, that's much better than Amir Khan. <laughs> I'm yeah, true. I'm wondering whether in Mel Gibson's head though, uh, William Wallace was like a kind of not quite baby face, but a a, a more youthful kind mm. of William Wallace, rather than like the Jack shredded fucking chiseled jawline kind of um, nine o'clock shadow. Mm. Uh, Braveheart that we get. Uh, uh, I mean, I I was never desperately get. bothered by it, you know. Like I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he looks fine in it. Like yeah. I don't, I don't care. But I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I um, I did, I could not, and I suppose in sort of an ironic way, my shining light was Mel Gibson weaseling himself into a Christ posture for the uh, <laughs> end of the film. He, he had to. You know, he had him to. Him and Clint Eastwood cannot fucking help himself. Just can't get over it. They good, have to. Good God. Just embarrassing. And it's so funny. Like- it wasn't as bad as Hacksaw Ridge, though. Mm. Hacksaw Ridge was fucking horrendous. But- yeah. That was super on the nose. I did. And this is a stupid gripe. But um, how, like, limp the torture is at the end. Like, completely yeah. unconvincing. So fucking doesn't funny. doesn't have- and I think Quite the, the implication that when when they chop his head off, I think the implication is that like the torturers are just like laying into him with like knives and shit or something like that because he's like grimacing yeah. and stuff. I'm like, why are we? Shy- I mean, it's gross, but like, why are we shying away from this completely? Um, In particular, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the bit where they like rack him and then they like pull on him like a little bit. He's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're sure. like, and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was like very odd. Like, because it was so like desperately yeah. unconvincing. I think they wanted to weasel. I mean, I wonder if this even happened in real life. And they wanted to weasel him being tortured into. Oh, no, because the real one was, I think he was, he was definitely quartered. Well, they said that in the film, I think, actually. But he was probably. I can't remember. He was probably in real life, knowing the time, he was probably hung, drawn, and quartered. Which is, I mean, so not how the English went. Not that's a nice thing to depict. Things. So I understand them, like, sort of messing with it. But yeah, that's that's where I'm cool with creative license being used. I don't know. It just like felt 
Like, the first <laughs> did bit, you want it? You were like, fucking give it. I didn't want it, Let but I me feel like see it. I feel like there could have been better allusion to it. You know, like right. Yeah, I think that I don't know. I just couldn't help but fucking laugh when they were like, "We're we're <laughs> racking him right now," and I'm like, "No, you're not." He's it's like the um. It looks just looks it's stupid. The Monty Python Spanish Inquisition bit, you know, where they've got the guy on the rack and then they're like, "Get oh no!" They're like, "Uh, give bring out the rack," and then it's he comes in with like a dishwashing rack. <laughs> it's like that bit. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I just feel like the film is like pretty gnarly, and I'm not saying you have to show it, but I'm saying like you could be a little bit clever and like imply it in a way that feels do it in a way that could have made the audience squirm a little bit more. Yeah. You don't need to show him getting chopped into pieces, but you could yeah. show- But I at don't the very know. least, give them that- Give an audience a bit of a, like, a, oh, fuck, like, oh, no. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it, it didn't give that. That's true. How did they do all the horses getting speared? I just realized that- I don't remember how, like, how- If you see, That's like, spears going into horses or if they do a cut and there's, like, yeah. a, a piece of wood in the horse or something, but- that feels like difficult to fake. Horses, horses get yeah really fucked up in this film. I, was there ever anything at the end of the film that's like no animals are harmed during them? <laughs> They're like actually we they they pulled a um was actually that Russian we murdered, film. Uh, come and see. Was it come and see the one where they no I don't think it, I think it was something else where they like it was the one about the the painter and the bell I think. Oh, Andrei Rublev. Didn't like a bunch of horses get killed in that film? Yes, like yeah, feedstock horses. I'm pretty sure horses, that was before like, the times of yeah, animal or rights or and cows or something. You, you watch like horses like like riding up and then like literally dropping to the ground and then like it's like yep, yeah, nope, that is a horse in pain. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, we were gonna slaughter this horse anyway, so we just stabbed it with a spear. Yeah, so on we just like then- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> I suspect they didn't do this in 1995, but who who can tell? Um, the start of the film, Douglas. What's um? Yes. What did you not like about it? Not not to. I, this is not me being like combative. I'm just interested in like yeah. If yeah, you can yeah, put yeah. a point like, on what, my what about the vibe yeah. that you've been love? Yeah, I think the hook wasn't strong enough for me, but maybe because I didn't already have enough of a allure to the character William Wallace that mm. I was like, oh, cool, his dad died, brother, I guess. And then his uncle comes over and he's like, okay, you're living with me for a little bit. And then they play bagpipes for a little bit. And then <laughs> Brendan Gleeson comes in and then they have a like, rock fighting game. And then he's like, oh, you're a cunt. And then the English come <laughs> in and then they're like, we're taking your wives because fuck you. And then everyone's like, no. And then it just, I, the whole time I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> I, don't know. I like, I was, I like, I think the the scheme of things i was like where are we headed i guess but i know like it's supposed to be it's it's outsetting that the english it's are cunts, building yeah the scots are getting fucked over and william is pissed about it like that's the bit and a lot of bad shit has happened to william and he's pissed about it he's he's got that john wick energy except instead of someone killing his dog spoilers for john wick it's instead someone killing his love of his life but also they were they were like to quote to quote the highest rated review on letterbox written by thomas mccallum quote i'm doing this all for my dead wife end quote william wallace balls deep in the princess of wales I was was sort of like tiptoeing around that, but like the whole addition yeah. of the print of Isabella, Princess Isabella, and like the whole bit where she's like, 
uh, uh, fucking William Wallace cummed inside me, and I got a cook. I got a, I got a William Wallace baby, and uh, 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 son of yours will never sit on the throne. A grandson of yours will never sit on the throne. Blah blah blah. I was like, that's I like. No, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's just it's weird. Like the, yeah, it's like the um, it's it's not weird in like a cool way. Like you know, the Green Knight where um, Dev Patel mm. comes on the on the belt or whatever, and there's like the come on the belt. You remember that? Um, go listen to the Green Knight. Episode I, now, by the way. I fucking love that movie. Um, it's not weird like that, you know. It's just mm. weird. It's just like it's like wow, we've we've chopped and changed this story in like multiple like layers, you know. Like like um, we we've introduced this character and we're making her like a foil for the for the antagonist, and then also she's a romantic like a love interest, interest. for the main character, and also. She like spurns the English king by getting cummed in by a Scottish man. Like it's, it's so fuck. It's odd. It's just like it. It's like so far removed. It's just yeah. It just felt bizarre. Like like it's something they made up for the drama and for it to feel like kind of cool. But just I don't know. Of, it's a bit of a damp I, squib, really. I didn't mind the opening. I think the opening wasn't like anything that like blew me away. It wasn't like life changing or but i thought it was it moved pretty quick um there was a lot going on you know it it wasn't just like here he is growing up on a farm it's like here's like all this different stuff that's going on and you can sort of start to piece together what's going on in his fucking psyche and like why he's so fucking angry about this stuff he's he's a layer it a bit i just said layering about why i didn't like i i i i, I didn't find it like offensively bad or anything and i the the bit where he's like he like it's ridiculous but the bit where he like rides back into the town and he's like i'm killing all all the fucking english dudes like single-handedly is um is kind of goofy but i thought it was fun i like the stakes are so much higher than the they felt higher i guess than the like big war fight scenes interesting yeah and i and i enjoyed like the skirmishing stuff even though it's like a little bit goofy as well like early in but the war, the battles are, like, uh, pretty unintelligible. That's sort of the problem. Like, I think that these films will want to go, yeah, like- Yeah, they're not shot in a way where you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just, like, here's, like, complete fucking chaos instantly. And I think a lot of- f- I don't think a lot. I'm not sure if this is the case, but there is definitely this vibe of people going, like, real war is bloody and chaotic. People don't understand that. And we need to depict it in our films. It's like, no, we know. Like, we get it. Um, It's bloody and chaotic and extension, not fun to look at. Like, really boring to look at because it's just, like, impossible to track, like, anything. It's just, like, it's like people-shaped static. Yeah. I I do get nightmare- PTSD flashbacks to the Hacksaw Ridge battle scenes, if you can even call them that, where it's just like literally the. Is it. Who the fuck are they? That wasn't chaotic. That was just like. It was just people getting shot in the head over and over again. So distasteful. Yeah. Just like someone's head popping out of a trench and then getting fucking whiplashed by a bullet going through them or whatever. And then it's like, okay. You get so desensitized by it where you're like, okay, I guess. Mm. Like. Yeah, uh, it, it rang very much of that. Like, they just, you, mm. you don't know how to shoot or direct, I should say, a fight scene. Yeah. On that like scale. They, like, they wanted the chaos to be the draw. And I think that, I think that 
it's not interesting. I don't want to. I don't mm. want to see it. It's not good. I don't know. I'm inter- I'm very interested to see how Lord of the Rings did it because I've sort of forgotten. It's been a long time, um, mm. but we will find out. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I I didn't say this when we were sort of saying whether or not we recommend the film right at the start. It's and I almost feel like we're gonna get more of these. It just didn't feel like this film belongs in this list. Like it, it's just fine, you know. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not bad. I don't want to watch it again. It's not bad. Mm. Um, is it like in the peak of human creativity, visual creativity, audio visual creativity? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It's just like another historical war film. I mean, you compare it to so many of the other films that we've done for bonus films and stuff where you're like fuck like why isn't this here you know mm. because yeah, it real. has so much going for it in so many other departments but i guess that's where you're like you know you can start comparing like apples to oranges at that point where you're kind of like yeah we, we should be the comparing within the we, we've talked a lot about how it is like a it's a populist you know uh list it's just about a lot of it's about mass appeal yeah, it's a popularity test yeah yeah so, there's a lot- I mean, it's the same as that fucking Indiana Jones film that I fuck. Oh, wait, that was on the list. I keep thinking. I keep fucking that up. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Didn't happen. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having <laughs> trouble finding a good example. Yeah, hopefully that- <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't stay and we'll see if we can cut that out. Sure, uh, I'm- I'm- I don't think Do I'll you have any other time. notes? <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. Uh, would you maybe like some trivia then, perhaps, Jonathan, to I'd love some trivia, end our incessant ramblings? Absolutely. No, 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 no. Wallace's two most trusted captains throughout the film are Hamish, who is Scottish, and Stephen, who is Irish. Hamish was played by Irish actor Brendan Gleeson, and Stephen by Scottish actor David O'Hara. <laughs> oh, they did a little switcheroo. <laughs> little little cheeky little switcheroo. That is, uh, uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I do love that. I, I, I was mildly baffled at the fact that Brendan Gleeson was playing a Scottish character because I was like, you're not, you're Irish. <laughs> yeah, well, the fucking, anyway. the main Scottish person was played by a fucking American, so whatever. American, so yeah, it's uh, loosey-goosey over there. Um, one of the film's weary extras reportedly mistook one of Mel Gibson's children on the set for an errand boy and asked him to bring a cup of tea. Gibson was within earshot and nodded and whispered to his son, quote, go get it, <laughs> end quote. <laughs> That's funny. Also feels like- Keep those thing. extras happy. Mm-hmm. When asked by a local why the Battle of Stirling Bridge was filmed on an open plane, Gibson answered that, quote, the bridge got in the way, end quote. I, the local answered, that's what the English found. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I know nothing about the actual battle for- The Battle of Stirling, Stirling bridge. bridge, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. The bridge got in the way. The bridge got Many in the way, Scots clearly. were offended by the film's portrayal of Robert the Bruce, who is considered a national hero, as we discussed uh, yep. earlier in the podcast. Bit of a... I feel like you've got to focus group this kind of stuff first. Like, you've got to go, yeah. like, here's the script. We're going to run it past a bunch of Scottish people just to make sure that, like... Yeah, make sure we're uh, going by the books. King Edward I was called Longshanks, or Long Legs, because he was at least 6'2", uncommonly tall for a man of the time. William mm. Wallace was even taller at 6'5". However, Mel Gibson is 5'10", while that uh, Patrick McGoohan, who plays uh, Edward I, <coughs> is exactly 6'2". Interesting. Very cool. Tall Lines guy. up, I think. I'm t- yeah. Well, how I'm, I'm keep all those, keep all those names, man. Like, yeah. Just put- Well, you just- 
put him on a box. Yeah, <laughs> he's the director. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Uh, Prima Noctis, in which a nobleman has the right to have sex with a common man's bride on her wedding night, has never been used in the history of Britain or Ireland. It would have encouraged rebellions in newly conquered territories that were already difficult to govern. It was more common on the continent, notably France. Interesting. Um, So fucking foul. But also, like, yeah, here we go. Like, on the Wikipedia page, a supposed legal right in medieval Europe... And then they say there are many references to the custom throughout the centuries. Yeah, Scholars since the 1800s have questioned whether this, such a law ever truly existed or was practiced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we've well, many like believing someone it said si- it and then they were like, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's law. Fucking yeah. kangaroo I mean, that's energy. another thing. Like, like, they really, like, so little of this film is actually based on reality, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think if I think if I found it more engaging, I'd be able to like hand wave the the chopping and changing a lot more. But it's like you really like fucked with it, and for what? I suppose is more yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, what benefit did we really get out of you doing that? Yeah. Um, I do have an answer for your horse query earlier on. Talking about the horses, the mechanical horses designed for the battle sequences weighed 200 pounds and were fueled by nitrogen cylinders propelling them at 30 miles an hour on 20 foot tracks. Oh. And then you That's just slam mad. a fucking log into them. <laughs> yeah, you just fucking annihilate a log into its side and then it TKOs. Um, boom, boom. Mel Gibson was apparently investigated subsequently by an animal welfare organization which was convinced that the fake horses used were real. Only when one of Gibson's assistants provided some videotape footage of the location shooting were they convinced otherwise. That's funny. Crazy. Mm. Um, and then finally, which I think is a great bit of trivia to end us on, Mel Gibson later said regarding this film, quote, Some people said that in telling the story, we messed up history. It doesn't bother me because what I'm giving you is a cinematic experience, and I think films are there first to entertain, then teach, then inspire. <laughs> there are probably were historical inaccuracies, quite a few, but maybe there were who's to say, because there was very little history about the man. It wasn't necessarily authentic. In some of the stuff I read about him, he wasn't as nice as he was on film. We romanticized it a bit, but that's the language of film. You have to make it cinematically acceptable. Actually, he was a monster. He always smelled of smoke because he was always burning people's villages down. He was like what the Vikings called a berserker. But we kind of shifted the balance a bit because somebody's got to be the good guy and somebody the bad guy. And every story has its own point of view. That was our bias. End quote. I mean, I don't... Desperately disagree with him. Like, I think that, yeah. The problem is that I don't- I didn't find the film that entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, once again, it's basically exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, if the film was a fucking cracker or had some amazing, you know, philosophical thought that I found really engaging, I'd be much more willing to be like, you know- Sign me up. I I had complaints, but but they're no big- I probably wouldn't be complaining about historical inaccuracy. Um- and I'm still not really. It just, once again, l- like, they really fucked with it for no benefit. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all we got. Well, yep. thank you, Douglas. I'm looking You're for welcome. the tweet that, I, that I'm that i thinking of, and I think I'm not going to find it. It's about, about horses. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Douglas, for the trivia. That's okay. Sorry I couldn't find my fun tweet. Um, That's okay. <laughs> I thought it'd be really, I thought it'd be, be I thought it'd be really, really funny, but 
goofy, yeah. Just imagine, just imagine I got it. Uh, if you enjoyed just me absolutely dropping the ball, I do it every week, Tuesday midnight, <laughs> Australian Eastern Standard Time, which comes out to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Douglas, where can people go if they want to find more info about the podcast? If you would like more loose weave information about the podcast, you can go to www.250.com. There is a full list of IMDb's top 250 films of all time as of January 2020 on the front page there. You can look at all the films that we've done in the past, as well as the alarmingly little amount of films that we have left for <laughs> the remainder of the podcast. Yeah, um, and at the very top of the website, there are three links. There is a link to our Instagram page, which is at 250pod. Um, also, with I should start promoting this. We are on TikTok as well, uh, mm. 250 Shorts. Um, Douglas has been TikTok. putting in the hours. Thank you, Douglas. In that content creation, absolutely. Um, absolutely. We're like, we're starting to go, we're not like viral viral, but there are a couple of ones where I'm like, shit, this is getting a lot more traction than I was ever expecting it to. So, getting a lot more traction than any other fucking like sharing we've done. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> any other marketing that we've done across the fucking past, what, three, four years, four years of this podcast? Jesus Christ. Um, uh, we, the other links at the 250.com website, there is a link to listen to us on Spotify, but we are available wherever you like to find your podcasts. Uh, and then there's a link to get in touch with us via mail if uh, the prospect of a booming podcast with a fantastic following on both Instagram, TikTok, and on podcast media perhaps interests you as a uh, potential sponsor. Um, I'm drinking this mm-mm delicious beverage that shall go unnamed. <laughs> Douglas is, Douglas is not so- drinking shit because he's broke <laughs> Shut the as fuck, fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 uh, I, uh, what else is there Jonathan it's your turn to say words now oh okay thank you that's potentially the worst segue you've ever segue. given <laughs> what else is there fuck I don't know man Jesus I don't know you uh, tell me if you enjoy no we've done reading, that no no let me finish if you enjoy reading oh. our thoughts about the podcast ah, uh, about the films there um, we go that was absolutely the angle I intended the whole time uh, <laughs> Douglas and I both use Letterboxd, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website. <laughs> just great big fans the same of. thing anyway. Shut up. <laughs> My account on Letterboxd is Upa. That is U U U P A H. And Douglas. My account is Ienzo Knight. I E N Z O K N I G H T. Ienzo Knight. You can look up Upa, Ienzo Knight, or 250 in the Letterbox search engine and you'll find us. We do written reviews of all the films that we talk about on the 250, as well as any other films that we have watched in our spare time. I haven't watched any films in my spare time, but I have been watching, at the same time, Free Run Beyond Journey's End, mm-hmm. Dungeon Meshi, mm-hmm. Naruto... And You're watching Naruto? I'm watching Naruto. You have a death wish? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So I'm kind You're of- watching Naruto? You're going to be there for years. Progressively working through all of those at the same time. Oh um, my God. So- have you looked, have you at least looked at the like- Yeah, I've been looking at the like, of- yeah, the ones of like, watch to this point and then skip these ones. And okay, then like, this Christ. is one you can watch if you want. Um, It doesn't add anything, but like, it's fun <clears> if you want to go back and watch it, that kind of thing. So yeah. I'm There's a lot of, one of filler- in that show because they caught up to the manga pretty quick. Yeah. So, they kind of just ironically. had to do goofy shit with Naruto for a little bit, which- Just like make yeah. shit up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, how about you? I watched. I don't think I did. I talk about this? Maybe I did. What's the film? Did I talk about Dune last last week? Yeah, you did. You talked about. Dune. I read, well, I also Dune. watched. You, you I watched reading. the menu, Douglas. I watched the menu. Oh, was it the first time? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I thought it was pretty. What good. do you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think it. Um, yeah. it's not like mind blowing, but like, dang, it's a good romp. Oh yeah, it got me in the. You know, I think it, yeah. it sort of peters yeah. out at the end, unfortunately. <laughs> But mm. like you, like when it's got you, the initial, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. I was, I, I was, I was like pleasantly surprised by it. it, it the it initial kick in, in the dick is a very firm kick in the dick, which, like you know, that's it what went you want in out a, of a went a direction I very much did not expect. Absolutely. I love the. Yep. I already, I already knew this one. I think I'd already looked at the letterbox for whatever reason. But the top review is: never thought I would leave a film being surprised that cannibalism wasn't involved. <laughs> I already knew. <laughs> I already knew that cannibalism wasn't involved, but like <clears throat> you, you saw all the trailers and stuff. You're like, this is this weird, fancy, super high fancy restaurant thing. What's yeah. uh, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, cannibals. Yeah. Um, mm. No, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Um, wow, I, I watched it, it around fun. this time last year as well. Actually, shit. Um, and by the sounds of it, same reaction. Uh, when the when the figurative trigger is pulled, mm. uh, it just feels like it kind of yeah it starts to taper off a bit, which is a shame. But the initial the, trigger um, pull is quite good. The uh, <laughs> I'm not quite this bad, but this is sort of like the equivalent of like um, when when you watch like some film about the performing arts and you feel like a connection to it you know i was like oh no it's me this is a film <laughs> about food film. yeah yep, yep. yeah yeah any I any did, film about food you're always like Ooh. it was very it was very very embarrassing there's the scene that involves the paco jet and it's meant to be like a reveal that's like oh it was a paco jet and i already knew it was a paco jet because i <laughs> considered buying one <laughs> Ah, oh, this must be your just reaction to make, when I talk about just to make ice cream though. Nothing shit. stupid, just to make ice cream. <laughs> God, I get it. Uh, now. I'm understanding it. It's um, a nice Douglas. It's a great way to make ice cream very quickly. So it's like a super convenient way to make ice cream. I'm not doing any of this stupid fancy high snow shit. It's a cool piece of kit. I will not. I will not back out on this. Fucking give us your finishing thoughts, you wanker. You're not allowed to be like this, Douglas. It's not even a podcast film. <laughs> you're fucking, you're fucking acting this up for the camera. Uh, I'm a performer. That's what I do, baby. Uh, and we'll you're, see you're you. On my, you're on my shit list. See you next week, where I will continue to be on Jonathan's shit list. But we will be doing Coco, which I haven't actually seen before. I'm excited to watch it. Mm, yeah, that'll be cool. I have seen it before. I've already watched ah, it, Douglas, because I'm on schedule. Mm, yeah. All right. Douglas, Douglas is not on schedule. This episode is being recorded like 48 hours before it's due. Shut the fuck. Why are you going to pull the lens back like that, man? I thought we were cool. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're ready to record in like a couple of days. Otherwise, I'm going to have done. I thought you were about to say American Beauty because I've already seen Coco and American Beauty is the next film next from my perspective. Your- oh, my God. <laughs> I'll choppy, catch choppy, up. bud. Yeah. See absolutely. you next week. Love you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. I Thank love you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm really hung you. up on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad.